Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntzinger, at Thunder Chats, where you're part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, we have a very exciting episode today because it was the return. It was the return of Thunder Basketball. It was the return of Chet Holmgren, and it is the return of the three cone on the pod. Cone, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Here to overreact to Summer League. It's one, one of my favorite parts of the year is overreacting like crazy to Summer League. I think I tweeted out that J-Dub's a future MVP today, uh, that he's a second-year all-star at the very least. Um, didn't get too crazy with anybody else in particular, although the the Trey Man dunk that I'm sure we're going to talk about Trey Man a little mm-hmm. bit. I was sitting with my girlfriend on the couch, and I screamed, and she looked at me like I had scared her more than I ever have <laughs> in my entire life, like... I don't know if I've ever yelled that loud just in a moment. Like, it was crazy. So it was a lot of fun for Thunder Basketball to be back. Um, I'm going to be at Vegas Summer League for the first few days. So I'm going to get to see at least one of our games, which is exciting. But, you know, man, it's it's fun. And I like getting a, to see us uh, kick around some teams in Utah before Vegas, get a little bit extra action. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, also joining us today, I thought about doing a bit and just saying it was me and Cone, but that would be rude because me and Cone so joined rude. in late. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he spoke up, so we'll introduce him first. We've got Matt Tierney, Matty Double Dribbles in the house. What up, Tierney? That's so rude. I, speaking of overreactions, uh, Chet's going to be rookie of the year after tonight. I, I think with a little polishing up, that, that, that boy can hoop. So I was, I was, he's a hooper. I was giddy. That boy, Hmm. good. So yeah, I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I'm, Excited to just talk about all the all the fun stuff we saw because they ended up being a little closer than it was supposed to be, but like they pretty much dominated that game. Um, so I, I, I don't know, I'm just excited to talk about it with you guys. Yep, 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 yep. And also joining us, we've got Alex Roy, the Alejandro. What up, Alex? What up, man? Just happy to see some Thunder basketball, man. I was, uh, you know, it was, it was that time of year where, like, you know, your wife is talking to you and you're looking at the screen and listening to her and, you know, she just gives you Halfway that look. Halfway listening. Like, yeah. <laughs> she just gives you that look. Like, Damn it. The, the mistress is back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I relate to that 100%. <laughs> um, no, man, it, it was awesome. I mean, you know, there was – there was a lot of fun moments in this game, like Tierney said. You know, it ended up getting close at the very end. But there was points in this game we was leading by, like, 24, 28 points. And I didn't even realize it just because I was having so much fun watching the product on the court. And, I mean, let's get right into it, guys. I mean, we, we can go into our single large item, but I, I think we should just address this as a whole. The euphoric experience of seeing Chet Holmgren on the basketball court once again. You know, I mean, what? I mean, let's let's just address it. Early on, you could tell there was some rust he had to shake off. You could tell mm-hmm. he he had some nerves. It was almost like that he's been anticipating this moment for almost a full year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you could see that very prevalent in the first quarter. But second quarter came out. He and he he came out guns blazing. Um, I mean, let's uh, let's go to Alex first. I, I never go to Alex first. We'll go to Alex. Alex, what was uh, what what was your big thoughts on Chet's return? Uh, so you know, first quarter, I, I thought he was just kind of letting the game come to him. I know some of those shots were short. I know, you know, I think he was just nervous. I mean, he's 
these players are normal human beings, and this is his first, um, you know, first glimpse back into the game uh, since he got injured. Um, and you know, I think after the first quarter, he, he he handled himself very well. I mean, he was out there being what we needed him to be, what we envisioned him being, uh, which is a defensive anchor uh, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, offensively, I, I think some of that stuff is going to come around. I think he is a little bit slow-footed currently because. He has to knock off some of that rust. Some of those, you know, some of those behind the back dribble kind of in between, you know, in between the leg dribbles that he was doing last year at the Salt Lake um, Summer League, uh, they were a little bit slower this year. Um, and so I think, you know, it's just some of that rust that he has to shake off, having to play, you know, real five on five basketball instead of playing, you know, just practice five on five basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? If this is the type of chet that we get in the season. I'm okay with that. He'll he will get better. He will get more, you know, game reps, game action, um, and I'm okay with this being the, the the chet that we get possibly this season. You know, somebody that's averaging thirteen, eight, three blocks, uh, just anchoring a, a top ten defense. Um, I think that would be great. Yeah, and what was important about like him kind of breaking out of his of his slump is, you know, he, he got the one where I think he, he went inside, he missed it, grabbed his rebound immediately, and, and, and then he scored it off the glass. But mm-hmm. it was the other end of the court. Whenever Ochai Abaji came off the screen, had bad intentions, and Chet rose up with two hands and swatted him, after that it felt like everything just started to flow for Chet. Uh, Comb, let's go to you, man. Like, obviously, you know, Chet had a little bit of struggles offensively. We didn't get to see as much as we did last year at Salt Lake, but like I said, defensively is where he got it going. What did you see out of him defensively tonight? The defense was incredible, watching him guarding the pick and roll in particular, and I think what tonight probably should have showed people is that Chet as a center is the way to go. When Chet was out there playing the big rather than kind of slotting it at the four a little bit more while j was out there alongside him, he, it, things just looked better with Chet mm-hmm. out there as the five. Like that should be the role that he should be playing. And I hope people realize that more, which is why there have been all these takes about how we need a center and about how we should have drafted all these centers and stuff like that. Chet's the center, and you can see exactly why out there. Four blocks, a lot of great contests at the rim too, like staying vertical, guys like second-guess themselves attacking the rim as well, missed some shots mm-hmm. when Chet was there, the contests the closeouts that he attacked with a lot of speed and the length that he has, like he is a one man walking offensive or defensive nightmare for opposing teams. It's really hard to go up against Chet. And like, there weren't many plays where I felt like Chet was out of position. Sometimes guys scored, but they were just, you know, scoring over him or making good plays. Chet looked phenomenal out there defensively, which is exactly what you want to see from him. And I think the offensive consistency, again, will come more. This was his first basketball Mm -hmm. game in a full year. Like, I can imagine what I'd look like if I took a year off from basketball and tried to get back into it. Like, it would be rusty. So there are a lot of takes, of course, flying on the timeline because there's a lot of people rooting for Chet's downfall. I mean, the Jazz fans chanted overrated at him after he had a 15.9 rebound four block game against them <laughs> in his first game in a year, in a game that we dominated when we actually played everybody. Um, so people are, you know, kind of rooting on his downfall a little bit. He was probably a little bit nervous. But once he locked in, like you said, with that block, he really felt like he locked in at that moment. And mm-hmm. it wasn't just one-handed blocks it was like two-hand swats Keontae George went at him a couple of times and he two-hand swatted him he tried to dunk on him and Chet just knocked that away there's that one layup he tried to take where it looked like Chet was blocking someone on like a like just a rim that hangs on your door frame like it looks so easy for him out there at times (laughs) and that defense that he brings is why I think we're going to be pretty firmly a top 10 defense this upcoming season because of that rim protection that he brings at the center spot which again is where he should be playing and I think this game showed a lot of the reasons why Chet's going to be so good in that role yeah and one of those blocks you mentioned about Keontae uh, I, I tweeted that he just absolutely devoured Keontae George at the rim because what it reminded me of is I don't know if you've got seen that like really strong uh, that video with like that really like super buff black dude on the basketball court and the goals are like eight foot and he's playing yeah. a bunch of kids and like yeah. he just like he blocks it with two hands but he like brings his arms all the way down the block that's that block is what it reminded me of whenever Chet met mm-hmm. Keontae George at the rim I think he was coming baseline on that and I was just like that's ridiculous 
Yeah, um, there's there's a so he did. I, I think after that second, like just complete, just you know, eating the ball that Chet did on Keontae George in the fourth quarter. I think it was um, on the next play. I think there is a there's a rebound, and somebody got the rebound on the baseline, and they were about to start driving, and they saw Chet, and they pulled it out. You know, it's kind of like that the Rudy Gobert defense where. You know, just because he's inside there, you're going to probably avoid that area. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, here we go. You know, this is this is not just – it's not just the defense, you know, direct. is the indirect defense that he plays also because he's there. You know, just the presence of him being there causes offenses to, to shift away from him and try to go, you know, away from him so they don't have to go inside the lane, you know, meet him up and things like that. Yeah, he's a monster out there defensively. Um, and offensively, you know, his, like, it, like I said, it wasn't as, it wasn't as fun as summer league last year because, you know, he hit like four threes in that game. He was doing the dirt KD fadeaway and all that. And he tried that shot a couple times. He airballed the first yeah. one that was when he was still rusty, but he was so much more aggressive at getting to the rim in this game than I'd ever seen from him. Um, and tyranny, I think it was you that clipped the clipped that one clip on the Top of Thunder account in which he he kind of drove right, pulled it back, you know, behind the back, snatched back dribble, and then he went into the post immediately, did a little spin move, shot it over his shoulder. Like that was some sauce, man. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what did you see out of uh, Chet's offensive game tonight, Tierney? Yeah, I, I I don't know if I have much more other than what everyone else has said. I, I think, like, it wasn't the same as what it was last year. It wasn't as much outside shooting. It was mm-hmm. – I did like the um, – this, like, sidestep move he did um, in the post. It also just felt like uh, Utah's defense was just allowing so much lane penetration that he just did that a lot. And so he there was not a need for outside shooting. But – yeah, like offensively, it it definitely felt once he got the rust off, um, he he was kind of basically getting whatever. There were a couple times where um, Utah got to him. I think like in the fourth quarter, there was like one player, I remember, where somebody like blocked him pretty good. Um, so it wasn't like perfect, but um, definitely just like as a Thunder fan, and that was – by far the the top thing you're looking for as a casual fan the that seeing what he did tonight was was really promising yeah and you know kind of talking about like the lack of threes the the thing that stood out to me is like you know he didn't take any threes but anytime he got the ball in the perimeter the defense respected him as a shooter because all he had to do is to give a little right. pump fake and they were right. off on their feet because they didn't want that thing flying um, the, the last thing I kind of wanted to say on Chet, I mean, we're going to talk about him in the next pod as well because he's going to dominate the next two games. Uh, actually, actually, the next game's a litmus test because he goes against his art travel, Kenneth Lofton Jr., but that's besides the point. Um, but no, he's so skinny, and they wanted to talk about it every chance they could on the on the broadcast. But what stands out about Chet this year more specifically than last year he doesn't play like he's a skinny dude. Like he's mixing it up inside all game long. He's getting battered around all day long, not getting calls. He got a, a somebody uh, fouled him whenever he got the ball in the post. And when the referee blew the whistle, the whole crowd was booing because they, they felt like he didn't deserve the call when he had been getting beat up the entire game. So uh, dude's a gamer, dude's a battler. He's going to go mix it up. He's not scared. He's not going to back down. And so excited to see him play again on Wednesday. I mean, yeah. yeah, man, it was super cool. After a year of him being out, I was really impressed with what I saw from him. Like you said, I like to see the aggression that Chet was showing on the offensive end. That, like, again, that move that he had, um, when he attacked inside, you know, kind of like that little um, up and mm-hmm. under kind of fake was incredible. That was really fun. Uh, some of the offhand finishes, that dunk that he ended up just putting it a little too far and hitting off the back of the rim. But that mm-hmm. like burst that you saw from him leaping through the lane was really cool to see. So, yeah, I really liked what I saw from Chet. Like you mentioned, him versus Kenneth Lofton Jr. is going to be the real battle on <laughs> Wednesday. So that's the one that we're looking forward to. I can't wait to see what happens with that one. Hopefully Chet 
uh, kind of remembers what happened last time. Although Lofton went off again, he just might be the summer league demon that we can't stop. Um, he went off again tonight. So yeah, man, I'm super excited to see what Chet does from here. And it's, it's going to be a great season for him. I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table. And I can only imagine the offense is also going to get incredibly better too, when he's got like mm-hmm. Shane Giddy out there playmaking for him as well. Like J-Dub was doing a good job of setting him up, but there are more than a few times where Chet, got a smaller defender on him. Like he had Keontae George kind of locked away in the low post a couple of times and he didn't get the ball. So I think once, you know, he gets the playmaking of those two guys as well, buckets will come easier to Chet. Yeah, that was kind of one of the things that kind of stood out to me tonight is, you know, last year, obviously Josh Giddy played because he wanted to get used to playing with Chet. Like he wanted to build up that chemistry. And, you know, I, I think that Chet was able to really thrive from that. But tonight, you know, we had Trey May out there. We had Jalen Williams out there with the other Jalen Williams. Ooze. Like, nobody had more than three assists on the night. Like, there wasn't, like, a true playmaker out there, a true table setter um, for Chet. So, you know, just like you're saying, like, you know, if you have a Shea out there, you have a Josh Giddy out there, maybe he's even looking even better. So, definitely, definitely look forward to that. Um all right, uh, let's get into some of the other players because uh, somebody there, came. There were other players? Well, yes, there was. Somebody came to play. He's got a new hairstyle and he's got a new bag. Uh, freaking Jalen Williams, Dub, Man. Santa, whatever you want to call him. He was. He came out guns blazing in this game. He looked so smooth. His handle was tighter than I've ever seen it before. His shot had more arc on it. Like, uh, I, I'm going to go to Cone here. Cone. Talk to me about J-Dub tonight, hey, bro. He, I mean, if we talk about players that are too good for Summer League, he is way too good for Summer League. Mm-hmm. He should not be out there. Mm-hmm. I love him yep. wanting to hoop and being out there. I'm cool with them going out there getting some buckets. Please don't get hurt. Just, like, just kind of play within yourselves. But, like, I mean, it didn't even look fair when J-Dub was out there. If J-Dub played the whole game, we'd probably win this one by, like, 40. It was not even close. Is, is it just me or, or was, like, J-Dub the adult in the room? Like, it was mm-hmm. just, like – you know, he was the varsity player out there playing with JV players. Yeah, even, was... you know, even with Chet, even with, like, Ooze, Trey, like, you just knew that he had that one year of elite basketball preparation as opposed to, like, Chet, who still hasn't had it. So it was amazing to see him out there. It was he great. was dominating. I mean, the physicality was great. Like, he put on some size. Like, we saw that. Um, I think I think it showed in the summer league. Uh, well, I know that's something that he mentioned. He wanted to bulk up a little bit. We've seen it a little bit in some of the numbers. But, I mean, he's very clearly stronger. Like mm-hmm. Dylan was mentioning, the shot looked good. The handle was incredibly tight. Like, it, it looked like another Shea out there almost at times with yeah. some of the plays yep. that he was making, the play style, the handles, some of the mm-hmm. shots that he was knocking down. Like, And we know he's modeled his game after Shea. He said that before, mm-hmm. even before he was drafted to OKC. But – you see the influence even more now and what he's been working on. Like, God, I just can't believe. I mean, you talk about what we saw from Chet out there in his first game back from injury in a year, as well as J-Dub, who we got in the same draft class. Like, right off the bat, we got those two guys in one year. It's just, like, absurd. And we talk about J-Dub being a future all-star. And I know this is, again, some really like overreactions and stuff like that. But it's just kind of building off what we saw last season. Yeah, so, like – We've already known Chet, or not Chet, uh, Jada. Well, Chet, too, has, like, all-star upside. But, like, legitimately, you see it in this game. Like, you see him go out there against competition that is just – he's better than, and it looks so easy for him. It didn't even look like a challenge half the time. He was trying stuff. He almost threw down that one-poster dunk, which he he just got hit a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, he tried to, but, like, the elevation he got on that, he was bullying guys. Like, they were just bouncing off of him. Uh, the threes look so easy again. Like like Alex put it the best, I think it looked like a varsity player out there with JV guys. It's just, yep. it's so easy for him. And we again, we talk about the 2022 draft class for the Thunder. Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, getting those two guys, and if Ooze is able to, you know, become a guy too, like one of the best draft classes we've ever seen. Even if just yeah. Chet and Jada pan out the way that it seems like they're going to, like. Right off the bat, getting those two guys in the same class is just unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. I to reiterate the Shea thing, the and I think Dylan mentioned it, the haircut change. <laughs> I, I was watching on a stream on a very low quality like TV, and I would there were some finishes, and 
a couple in the second quarter where I was like, I swear to God, that's Shea. Like, it looks exactly like him with his, like, old haircut. And he's doing these moves that Shea would do. And it, it was it was so remarkable how, how similar his finishes were. And the stat sheet really doesn't, like, do it justice because at the end of the day, I think he had 21 points. But he had 21 points in the first half, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Like, he didn't make a single shot after that because they were up by so much in the third quarter, didn't need to. Well, so he got hit in the was, face. Yeah, and – oh, he did? I didn't – I missed that, I guess. I wasn't, yeah, like, paying attention. Early in the third quarter. But the, they always try and hit Jadab in the face. Every game he gets hit in the face. I don't know why they keep going for him. Yeah, I was like, it's, not it's like this. No. But, yeah, the the first uh, half was so dominant. And, and um, like, I, I don't even know if he needs to play no, the rest no. of the summer league. I'd like him to play. But mm-hmm. I, I think – I think at this point he's clearly proven himself as like a, a player deserving for, for a significant amount of minutes on this, uh, on this Thunder squad. So I've seen enough. I want, I want to see some Jang gang. Um, he didn't play super well tonight. I'd like to see more of him. I'd like to see more of these other like younger guys. Trey Mann had a good game, but you know, just get some of those other guards out there and let them, let them play. He's, he's done his job. He, he can ball. Yeah, and something else that kind of stood out to me with Jalen Williams was defensively he was super engaged. Like Agbaji, yeah. like started off super hot. He hit like three or five threes in the first half. Um, but I think at least two of those were in the first quarter, and then Jalen Williams took it took over the assignment. And him and Ooze, I think, both did a really good job of like shutting him down the rest of the game. So. Uh, yeah, shout, shout out to Jalen Williams, man. He's year two Jalen Williams is going to be a problem. But, so ready. Amen, but brother. We got to talk about the next guy that went off in this game. Uh, in, in, in full Undertaker gift fashion, a uh, guy that we were questioning if he was going to be on the roster to play in Summer League, Trey Mann Perfect. said, do you remember me? And came out and scored 20 points on seven rebounds, two assists, seven of 15 shooting, four of eight from three. Trey Man is uh, Trey Man is back? Question mark. And uh, maybe the dunk yeah. of the year already in game yeah. one of summer league, which was that legitimately, absurd. yeah, that le- that legitimately is in the contest for the best dunk of the year. And he and levitated. Was, <laughs> he like he like did like a double jump in like Super Mario Bros. It was incredible. The <laughs> what also was crucial about that dunk i feel like was after that happened i felt like his game he was so much more confident in everything after that he was he was just immediately shooting threes at at will and most of them were going in so it was just like a huge confidence booster for him because he didn't play well up to that point or not super well so that that was like the pivotal moment for trey man was was that moment right there yeah i I know early in the game, like very early in the game, he kind of fell asleep in transition, and um, the man behind him like had an easy layup and he smoked it, or else like he probably would have got pulled. Um, but you know, a couple possessions later, you know, dribbled down the court on transition, you know, snatch back dribble, pull up three pointer, and it went straight in. And I was like, oh, it's Trey Man back, and you know, we started to have a little bit of struggles. But yeah, you're right, man. As soon as as soon as he got that dunk, like it was just like, uh, like a switch was flipped. Like, and you know, we we can't do it justice just talking about it. But like, if you haven't seen this dunk, like, go to Twitter and watch it because go to OKC Topic Thunder. Yeah, because this I'll man promo. <laughs> explodes off of for, the ground for our live listeners. Goes full extension with his arm on the cock back and just cramps it like it's insane dude um yeah let's let's go to alex alex yeah, so much ahead. it was so much better than like the lakers dunk that he had two years ago on wayne ellington yeah on wayne ellington like this one like somebody tried to challenge him like big time and he just cocked it back and just threw it on his head like it was just it, it was it was a great dunk it's the dunk of this, the first day of Summer League and probably going to be the dunk of, of all of Summer League uh, when mm-hmm. it's all said and done. Um, I, think he, I think he played good. I think he played very controlled. Um, I, think, I think there was an opportunity there at the beginning for him to kind of revert back to second-year Trey Mann. 
Uh, he missed, you know, I think he missed his first shot or two and or maybe had like a turnover, something like that in the first quarter. Um, and I think he just stayed with it. He played his game um, and he eventually got, you know, got his rhythm uh, out there, you know, getting jump shot. I, I love that play where he hit that step back three. Um, Holmgren blocked it and then he got it back and hit another three um, in the third quarter uh, at the beginning of the third quarter. Um I think he did good, man. I, it, the thing with Trey Man has always been consistency. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're gonna give me this game, and then the next game out that we go, you're gonna give me the, you know, the three for seventeen game where you you know score nine points and you know you have a couple turn, turnovers and the defense isn't good. Like I need consistency. Like I don't need I don't need twenty point quarters every game, um, but I need this type of consistency, this type of just even keeled play. Um, and so that's that's what I that's what I'm looking for for from Trey this summer because every summer league he's had ups and downs and like very large up and down like not not like not like consistent like it's been real good and then the low of lows real bad mm-hmm. um, and so I just I, I need him to be consistent and show that he can he can bring it every night. Yeah, if we can, I mean, for Trey it's always been like. You see the shot creation. You see the athleticism that he shows on plays like this. Like when Trey is hitting his shots, he looks incredible. It's just can he consistently knock down those shots? The process feels pretty good usually with Trey. Like you see him kind of get some looks. I mean, there are all there are some times where it doesn't look great, but there are a lot of times where he'll hit this crazy move. He'll get a ton of separation on a step back three, and it just doesn't go down. If he can knock down shots he's you know got a role on this team and i think this summer league is huge for him like he might be playing for his spot on the roster right now mm-hmm. and in game yeah, one I he agree. showed out like we talked a little bit about maybe like drafting a guy like Kaysen wallace does that light a fire like light a fire under trey man does kind of this pressure where it's like we now have a bunch of guards that could potentially be on the team does trey feel like this could be it for him and you know maybe it isn't like maybe they're not even considering it but maybe there was some pressure. And I mean, Trey performed in game one. He was awesome mm-hmm. tonight. Like the poster dunk, the threes that he hit, some of the shots at the end that he knocked down. I thought Trey was really, really good. This is the type of player we feel like he can be if he puts it all together on a consistent basis. It's just a matter of doing so. And hopefully things like these continue to come. Yeah. I mean, pressure makes diamonds, man. And, you know, what? Like I said, you know, we got to put uh, Trey, uh, got to put the feet to Trey Man's fire, as I put it. Um, and Moles reminds me every every time about it. So, um, but no, uh, I, I think just the biggest key with Trey Man is like he was just oozing confidence, and mm-hmm. I they were few and far between what times last year that I saw Trey Man playing with confidence and. His rookie year, like he had so much swag, so much confidence, like it, it was ridiculous. And I, I saw a little of that today. So, like Alex is saying, I hope that you know we continue to see that. I I do kind of want to. I do think what Cone said is interesting because once Kason Wallace comes back, it's like he's gonna bite into those minutes. So does that bleed? Does that bleed his confidence a little bit? Does that affect his? choices that he makes because the choices he made today were very confident is he going to change that once the guard situation shakes up a little bit in summer league i mean to to put it frankly if it does he's he's not ready for it like right that's that's what i'm saying like if he if he that's that's what i mean like if it does then like that tells you all we need to know Mm -hmm. but i mean i think we're pretty good if trey man is our 14th 13th 14th guy on this team yeah like i mean i think we're building we're building a team that is that is um highly competitive that is pretty good one through 10 one through 11 and if trey man is your 12th man or your 13th man you got a pretty good squad and the one thing we don't lack is guards we're pretty good there yeah, and underrated uh, Trey Man actually led the team in steals with three, which just a menace in the passing lanes tonight. So, shout out Trey Man, man. Let's let's see it happen again on Wednesday. Let's build something off of this consistency. Uh, I think, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about these other two guys, and then uh, I'll ask you guys who of the the bubble guys did you like best. But um, Jalen Williams, you know, boom, 
as I so lovingly call him. Uh, eight points, 13 rebounds, three assists, three of four from the field, three charges taken. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Game. Multiple offensive fouls, baby. to society. <laughs> He's awesome. They were so frustrated out there. Like, I, I also <laughs> think I could sense it a little bit from the jazz commentary crew announcing the game. Every time we took one, they're like, yeah, there's, a, they're like, there's another one. There's mm-hmm. another one. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> It was just like it, it was just uh, offensive fouls where like at least two of uh, one maybe two of them like the guy was already in the air when he was there there was nothing the guy could do and it was just like yeah that's an offensive foul very <laughs> clearly very clearly he's just so good at them I love it yeah change uh, changed his hair also into a little bit of a Stephen Adams ponytail with with it's the really long confusing. hair. Yeah. Um, but played a lot like Steven Adams today as opposed to, you know, who we've seen out of Jalen Williams. Like I said, he had the 13 rebounds. Um, didn't take a single three-pointer, which was kind of one of the staples in the regular season. So I, I don't think that's the sign of thing to come. I think that that's part of the value of Jalen Williams' game is his three-point shooting and his playmaking out of the short roll. Um, but, I mean, he, he, he was great tonight. Like, he was a physical force good on the, on the defensive end, opportunistic on the offensive end. So uh liked what I saw out of Jalen Williams. Anybody else got anything to add to Jalen Williams? Uh, a lot more confusion with the Jalen Williams's stuff than I've ever seen. The NBA app had their scores, like stats switched. Like all, the <laughs> entire awful. game, they had to switch that at the end. Um, so it was saying that Jay Will had over 20 points and like three amazing. or four from threes. Yeah. And they, they had J-Dub listed as our center on the app as well. The yeah. same thing that they did on the pregame graphic. Like they said, he was our center. I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. We, like, I was like, why isn't Chet at center? Then I looked over to the side and they had J-Will listed as our shooting guard. So yep. they were incredibly confused. Uh, and also, you know, the broadcast had all the Jalen Williams' jokes that we typically see from every time. opposing every broadcast time. crews. Uh, mm-hmm. There was also... The uh, the moment at the end of the game with um, I don't I don't know if y'all watched like the post game interview. Which by the yeah. way, I want to note real quick when I love the team interviews that they do. Uh, I love Chet's thing where he doesn't want to do the interviews without his teammates. I think that's super cool. Yep. And the post game interview was hilarious. There was you know Jada like giving them thumbs up, like rooting them on the whole time, <laughs> and they were giving some funny answers. And then also at the end, um. You had uh, the reporter, she was like, she turned over to J-Dub and was like, and um, we've named you Jalen Williams of the night. Sorry, J- like Jalen Williams, and looked over at the other one. And him and Chet kind of like looked at each other weird and then like smirked <laughs> and Chet whispered something to him. It looked like they were like giggling. So I don't know what they said to each other, but it was really funny. Like it was like a bit awkward, but it was one of those mm-hmm. moments where, and even J-Dub was like, What? <laughs> so, anyways, just more stuff going on with their names. That feels like it's never going to end at this point. It won't. No. So, but anyways, uh, J. Will was good. Yeah. Listen, people, always... this is this is why we Santa, and this is why we're going to start booming. So I feel I feel like J. Will and J. Dub is so simple. It's like, fine. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's it was so simple. I don't opposing broadcasters like when they get the sheet of people's names. It's like the you know pronunciation pronunciations. I couldn't even pronounce that word. Next to their names, it should say J-Dub, J-Will. It should say that, and then we can start teaching the NBA world outside of OKC fandom that Jalen Williams is how to differentiate them because I'm already tired of the jokes, and it's been one year and a few days. It's so bad. It's always like Jalen Williams of Santa Clara and then Jalen Williams. Like they, they and it's, say like a whole. It's going to be bad after. We're going to be like in year five of this thing. And they're going to be and like still 12th overall pick Jalen Williams out no, of Santa Clara. No, yeah. No. I don't know. We're going to be so good that they're going to finally know the difference. We're going to have so, they we're gonna have so many national TV games. They're going to put announcers. They'll put Dub and Will on the back of their jerseys. Yeah, Dub and Will. That's the only way I'll stop. These announcers will always find some like corny joke to to like use, and that's a that's low hanging fruit. Well, it's Thunder fans want to add another Jalen Williams to the mix, but that's 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 besides the point. Yeah, he uh, he went back he went back to school. So Thanks next year, we'll get no, him. next we, we year don't next year we'll get we him. Don't want that. Collect them all. I will call him Tiger. That I'm I'm already dubbing that his nickname. 
No pun intended. It's awful. <laughs> Boom. I'm dubbing that his nickname. <laughs> I, I, oh, it's just J well J dub. It's so easy. Nah, it just feels off to me saying it. I'll never call them J dub J dub and J Will. I'll I I might call Jalen Williams the wing dub, and I might lean off the Santa. The wing dub, but I will. What does that uh, mean? What does I, that mean? I, I no, he's call... saying he was calling Jalen Williams the one that plays the wing position. Yes. Just call him dub. That's what he was saying. He's <laughs> that's so much him... more confusing. Yeah, he's not trying to call him wing dub, which would be horrific. Yeah, that would be terrible. That's even worse than Santa. So let's not even go there. <laughs> hey, Santa, Santa's amazing. All right. It's it's coming back around Christmas time. It's gonna be a December thing. Uh, I've decided it's seasonal. I will call him Santa in December. All right. Uh, the last one we gotta talk about is my guy Uzman Jang. Shout out to the Jang gang. He struggled a little bit tonight. Four Not points, good, four rebounds, three assists. But he had a steal and a block. Uh, one of eleven from the field. One of five from deep. One of two from Ooh. the stripe. I hear Tyrion, you're ready to tee, him, tee off on him, but this is something that I tweeted out, and I just want to kind of remind people. Usman Jang was a player that was drafted last year as a 19-year-old, drafted as a project player, who injured his wrist twice last year and has yet to even play in 40 NBA games. Let's take a breather. Let's take a breath and take a beat about Usman Jang. I'm not. I'm not going off. I, I'm part of the Jane gang. I don't want. I don't want to make it. Pub, I'm not trying to say that I'm off on him. I'm just saying it was a bad game, and you know, there's a lot. There's a lot more. Bad games happen. Yeah, bad games happen. Like we just talked about Trey Mann. He's super inconsistent. Maybe this was his down, down game. And next game, he's going to pop off for like 25. So, I, I, I just, it just wasn't. It just wasn't promising. I, I thought in the one shot he took that was good that he made it was in rhythm which was good but definitely didn't feel comfortable out there uh at least shooting wise and uh you know yeah we we got we got time it's all good hey i'll say this he looked he looked more aggressive out there Mm -hmm. Uh, he tried to get your body too yeah he tried to so you know as far as what we're looking for from uzman that's probably the major thing that we're looking for is for him to play with more tenacity than him, him to play with more, you know, just aggressiveness in his game. And the rest of it will, will figure itself out, but we needed him to get, be more aggressive. And so I think, um, I think he's heading there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I thought ooze like the shots weren't falling, but I liked a lot of what I saw from him. I felt Thank like he was getting some separate, like, I think, the process that he was showing was good. The shots weren't falling, mm-hmm. but I liked the separation he was getting. I liked his aggression. I thought defensively he held up pretty well. Like, I don't think it was that bad of a game from Ooze. The shooting was horrific, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I felt like he was getting to spots. Again, the handle seemed pretty good overall from Ooze. I don't think it was that bad of a game. Like, you know, you have another night where some of the shots are falling and everyone's like, whoa, Jang had a really good game if he knocks down just a few more of those shots. So... Overall, I didn't think it was that bad, Dylan. I'm here to defend um, Ooze, you know, stand up for the Zhang gang. I was, you know, I don't think he did that bad. Yeah, I'm, I see. I'm glad you said that because you know, I've I've pointed that out as well. You know, I, I was texting uh, Tower Rucker, No Ceilings. Uh, I was texting about the game. I was like, am I crazy? Because, like, everybody's, like, just taking a crap on Ooze. But I don't really feel like he's played that bad. His shot's just not falling. And, you know, he, he kind of agreed with me. But, like, you know. Like you're mentioning, you know, like he was he was getting clean looks. Uh, you know, the process was there in terms of like how he was getting to the uh, in terms of how he was getting to the rim and everything. And his shot just wasn't falling. But defensively, I feel like he was really solid. I thought he was moving his feet well. He's keeping in front of his man. He was rotating well. I thought that he showed a lot of flashes there, just like he did all year long last year. So. Um, I, I was encouraged by Uzi's performance because all of that, and he was being aggressive. Um, I, I had something else I was going to say, but I, I just lost it. So, okay, yeah. So he did have a couple turnovers late. I understand Ooh. that. Like, you know, he definitely wants those back. But guess what? 
Chet Holmgren also had a couple turnovers late. Players are going to turn over the ball. It happens. Players are going to miss shots. It happens. I can't tell you how many people I saw on Twitter said, who's just missed another wide open three. Guess what? Players miss wide open threes. It happens. You're not going to make every single shot you take in an NBA game. Just like calm down, chill out. And, you know, an, an example I had about like of your shot not falling, people want to say that Nikhil Alexander-Walker just shut down Shea in the play-in game. Well, he played good defense. I'll give him that. But Shea still got to his spots. He still had some good looks. The shot just wasn't falling. Like it was, you know, in and out of the rim, all around the rim, just like Uzo was tonight. So just calm down, Uzman Jang. We've got uh, four more summer, or no, not four more, six more summer league games to watch the entire preseason and probably this season. And then maybe you can start to form an opinion on Uzman Jang. But like, let's just calm down. Yeah. Yeah. I, Dylan, completely agree with all the Uz stuff. Like, it's, it's summer league game one. We talk about positive overreactions and negative ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like to say is if your guy's going off, overreact like crazy, he's going to be a future MVP, whatever. If they're underperforming, it's just summer league. It doesn't matter. That's the mindset <laughs> I take, and it makes summer league really fun. So I highly recommend that for everybody. Don't don't take too much stock in the summer league. And again, if he hits like four more shots, we're talking about a pretty solid news game in general. I would have been a lot more discouraged if he went like one for six and just stop shooting and stop being aggressive and he just lost kind of confidence. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he just like faded into the background. Keep that Dion waiters mindset. <laughs> Thunder <laughs> legend Dion waiters. Love it. Also the, the fact that the two turnovers happened so late, I think kind of made his public, uh, like public image on this game a little bit more negative than it should have been. Like, cause then, cause, cause the fact that he was one of 11, but also like he had two turnovers late. So then everybody's mm-hmm. like, boo, boo him. So like, yeah, I, I think publicly he was getting berated, but it yeah, wasn't as bad as it looked. Yeah, I get all that. Um, all right. So we had three other players. I mean, Zaire Smith came in for three minutes, but basically we had three other players play like rotational minutes in this game. Uh, who stood out to you guys between those three? Uh, we'll start with we'll start with Tierney. I haven't started with Tierney in any of these points. Um, Butler had some moments. I don't think it was like, I, I don't think it was like, let's, let's consider him for a spot on the team, but it was just kind of like, okay, he can make some plays. I think he had like a, I think that was him that had an and one, uh, second half. I might, I might be totally wrong on that. I'm pretty, I'm but just, pretty sure you're right. I know which player you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I, I think, like, that was like, okay, he's kind of aggressive. That's, like, you know, pretty good. His shooting wasn't great. I don't think he was having a phenomenal game. But I just uh, – the, of the other three people we haven't talked about, that was the guy who stuck out to me. So, But I don't think any of these three players were, like, um, like you know, seriously considering for a spot on the team. It was just sort of like, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I feel that. What about you, Gum? Yeah, I thought Butler had some solid moments. Um, you know, defensively he competes. He was aggressive, which was nice to see. Uh, there was like well, there was like one time when Chet had one of those seals on Keontae George, and like he could have gotten him the ball, but instead like kind of skipped past it over to the other side of the court, which I didn't quite understand. But overall, I think again, kind of what Tyranny said, where I was you know happy with his performance. I thought he played pretty well. It's not like you know oh, we need to try and figure out a way to get him onto the team type of performance. But I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I hope, you know, I don't expect him to be on the team coming into this season, but I hope he gets a spot somewhere because, you know, once you're a Thunder guy, you're a Thunder legend for life, Thunder as I like legend. to say. Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, I was, I thought he did pretty solid. Go, yeah. go Hunter Maldonado. Yeah, I was about to say, he was the guy that stuck out for me. He was kind of all over the place, like, he really reminded me of how the Grizzlies like to use David Roddy in terms of just like a connector, energy defender type guy. You know, six points, five rebounds, didn't do anything to like, you know, ride home about or anything like that. But uh, I liked his energy on the court. I liked his connector. Um, he got a rebound, um, I think, in the third quarter. And like as soon as he caught it, like before he landed, he had already passed it out to, uh, to Jerry Butler for a three pointer. Like he just, 
he, he feels the game really well. He was active on the defensive end, was running in transition. Um, he feels like a Thunder player. I, I'll say that. Yeah, I thought he was solid. Um, like you said, some connecting plays, which is fun to see. It's nice to have a guy like that on the Summer League roster who does a little bit of that because a lot of times in Summer League, you don't have those types of players. Like I watched some of the other Summer League games today and some of them were really rough it it was i think even the jazz uh commentary crew watching the game were talking about how they were like whoa this game is just like feels a bit more organized watching you know okc and utah play they're probably just someone trying to hype up the utah team Mm because they were their announced team but uh i think it was kind of you know having a player who kind of did that connecting and of course having like j-dub chet j-will guys like that as well kind of helps out but yeah i mean i was pleasantly surprised with him i didn't know much about him coming to this summer league game and again thought he did all right like in general i feel like our summer league team is completely stacked if we played all this like entire rotation through to the end of vegas summer league and we didn't win it all i'd be stunned i don't think we do i don't think j-dub plays j-dub yeah yeah. i think he's done after salt lake city he'll probably play like next game and then maybe be done or at least like maybe like the first half of next game Mm -hmm. um Chet, I don't know if he'll play the whole time. I'm guessing he'll probably play like first game of Vegas, maybe two, and then he'll probably stop as well, keep him healthy going into the season as long as Jamal Crawford doesn't host any more pro-am games. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Jay Will as well. I feel like he probably... Don't bring that into the universe. (laughs) Man, God, that... Oh, geez. I I will forever hold that against Jamal Crawford. The the crossover pro-am game that turned into a slip and slide. It was like this past year's Super Bowl level of slippery out there, man. It was, Dear Lord. Uh, it was rough. I was really excited. I was like, oh, Chet's going to play with all these cool guys. And then he went down. And I was like, oh, that wasn't great. Well, I'm glad he's coming out mm. the game so he doesn't get hurt. And we don't need to talk about the rest of that because Chet's back and he looked good. So. He's back. He's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And important to note, you know, you talked about how stacked this team is. Like, we're missing another guy who's going to be battling for a roster spot, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Mm-hmm. We're missing mm-hmm. our two rookies, first Ke- Keontae Johnson out of. No, I'm talking about summer league squad. Oh, show. okay. <laughs> Keontae Johnson out of Kansas State. Um, you know they were both ruled out of all of Salt Lake due to injury. Uh, so hope everything's all right there with them. And then Kaysen also is ruled out of Salt Lake because the trade that he was a part of does not become right. official until July 6th, which is the Thursday that, you know, that we play our last game in Salt Lake City, which I don't know. Maybe he plays on Thursday. I feel like he plays a game. I feel like we just – I feel like we don't probably have him until Vegas. I think if he's going to just pop in, he'll, we'll probably just save him to play in Vegas, yeah. which I'm super excited for. Because, like, we're getting all excited about what Chet's doing, you know, how J-Dub looked mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And we still haven't had either of our draft picks so far for this upcoming season yet, which is super fun. Yeah, man, it's it, – we're building a summer league dynasty. We're like the, the 2017 Warriors out there in the summer league. So, Yeah, I really hope we get a chance to see Case and play with Chet before they shut him down i think we will i'm i'm sure he'll play at least i think chet will play at least a game in vegas i think he'll probably stop after that but i would be surprised if chet doesn't play it all in vegas or play it all with case i think we'll see those two out there and that's going to be really fun like the perimeter defense of case and even if you somehow get by him chet's down there like protecting the rim it's going to be so much fun man i can't wait it's it's amazing how like excited we are after this one game and we haven't seen either of our rookies play yet. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We had a couple of other things happen over the weekend in terms of players that we acquired. You know, we got Victor Oladipo in trade during our last pod, so that was super fun as we overreacted and then confused what that actually meant. Um, we since have acquired Patty Mills um, from the what was it? He was, the the, he was on the Nets, right? Nets, well, we got him from the Rockets. He was traded to the Rockets and then to us, which it's like, I think because the Rockets made the trade with the Grizzlies, the Dylan Brooks one, there was also the Victor Oladipo trade 
like there's like a bunch of different stuff that I feel like might all just end up being looped into like mm -hmm. one big transaction, which is going to be super messy and confusing. But yeah, he went from the Rockets to us in the span of like five hours. Yeah, I don't, I don't know yeah. if you saw my uh, m my theory in the chat or not, Cone, but I, my theory is this all becomes a four-team trade that sends Dame to Miami and Hero to the Thunder, and yeah, who cares okay. about everything okay. else? <laughs> all right. All right. Swear to God, you you just you're <laughs> once we draft a case on you've just become drunk with power. Between, be, hey, players. Be, between between Dylan and Hero OKC and Maddie Moles and Dame coming to OKC, like you guys need to chill out with that. We're gonna end up with you know Victor Oladipo's uh, knee and uh, Mitchich, and that's about. We're gonna it. like it. Listen, I've been like I've it. been pushing Hero OKC. Since 2008, or no, hey Dylan, what are your, what are your so. thoughts on Kentucky? May I ask? <laughs> oh, he hates them. Oh, yeah, okay. we actually play in a couple weeks, so that's going to be exciting. Um, but, anyways, um, no, uh, so Patty Mills, yeah, obviously we acquired him. It's unclear what's going to happen with him. I don't know if we're going to hold on to him as like a veteran shooter or anything like that. Like, I feel like the idea of Patty Mills like was it. a lot more fun, you know, a couple years ago, but maybe yeah. not now. Um, yeah. I we think, also, I, oh, I think the possibility of, I think we've acquired all these players that are on expiring deals, and we so I think that kind of guards against us having to give up any of our young talent if we want to make a splash like a Pascal Siakam, or if we want to make you know something like that. We have the money now available in those expiring deals to where we can trade those. Maybe trade somebody like Ooze or Trey or, or, or somebody like that, JRE, um, and then add some draft picks to that. And then we're able to make that deal without giving up the bulk of our core, you know, per se. So that that is also available out there. And, and none of these trades have been official official because mm -hmm. the, the Thunder have not released anything on their official website, on their official, you know, through their official channels yet. So It'll be interesting to see in these next couple of days. Tomorrow's the fourth, Wednesday's the fifth, um, and then you know Wednesday midnight is whenever you can kind of go ahead and and start to to see these transactions, you know, come to fruition. Yeah, that'll be super fun to see. And just adding to Team Australia proxy, uh, we also signed Jack White to a two-year deal, um, but not the seven nation the seven nation army. Hmm. Oh right, was, a, there's a that's a big reach or, there. Or the white stripes. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Um, I mean, hey, his his film's fun. He's you know super bouncy. Uh, feels like a high field guy. Um, in terms of like his defense and you know kind of his basketball IQ, can shoot it a little bit. I don't know. I mean, why, why are we are we doing favors for Josh Giddy now and like year three? Like it's it's very confusing, but. Uh, we're, okay. we're trying to get as many World Cup participants as possible. So mm -hmm. we guarantee that someone wins. Somebody wins gold. Wins. Yeah. I need it. I like it. I like it. Um, but none of that matters, guys, because tonight we had a special viewer at Summer League. He was sitting courtside. Uh, mm -hmm. The living legend himself, Basilie Micic, was sitting courtside watching the game because he has signed a three-year, $25 million deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's finally come over. Um, you know, we, we can finally put all this theorizing to rest. The song has been released. It was on the last podcast episode. It's been out to the world. Um, sucks that we decided to release it the day that Twitter decided to die, but, you know, uh, such is life. Um, I mean, Mitchell is on the Thunder. Like, you know, I don't know... Like I don't know like how in depth some of you guys have like been on Mucic, but like if you're just watching his highlights, like obviously the shooting is apparent. Like the shot looks pure, it looks smooth, it looks like butter. Um, you know, it, and if you look at like his shooting percentages the past couple of years, like last year he shot 50, 40, 90, 71 point five true shooting percentage. Like it's ridiculous. Like that's ridiculous efficiency. Basketball IQ, basketball feel, some of the passes he makes, like, dude is insane. And we are adding him to this team. He's going to be an incredible connecting piece. 
Mm-hmm. Like from the get-go, we talk about this roster trying to add guys who can handle the ball, make plays for themselves and others. Like that's the goal is to have everybody do that. It feels like what Sam Presti is building. The definition of adding a guy like that who's somewhat of a veteran, although he's going to be a rookie in the NBA this season. So we're going to have him. We're going to have Chet. We're going to have Casey Walls at least on an all-rookie team. Mm-hmm. So this draft class is crazy, but – I mean, he finally comes over, and I think it's cool, the fact that he's not getting traded, that we got offers for him on draft night, according to multiple reports, and we rebuffed them. We said, no, we want him on this team. Mm -hmm. It shows that we're building, like, we're starting to reach that point. We're almost there to the point where we're being, and I think it starts this season where we're really competitive, you know, I'm not saying championship contend or anything like that, but I think we're going to be really good this upcoming season because we add the run protection of Chet, defense of Kaysen Wallace, we add the connecting of Michich. Like we're going to add a lot of things that we really needed on this team. And when you add a player like him who connects the offense so well, it's going to be a massive boost. Like I think people are going to realize how what, like quickly how valuable he will be to our success. I think with him being added to the fray, Chet, like the Thunder could be on the verge of a top 10 offense and top 10 defense this upcoming season. I don't think it's unrealistic to say that we're like right out of, mm-hmm. or we're like right there. Maybe we don't quite get all the way there because we are still young, you know, and we're fitting a bunch of new pieces into the system. But I think we get really close. And I don't think that's that crazy to say, you know, it's it, things look really good. I love the addition to the team. I haven't watched as much as you in terms of watching Michich, but from what I've seen, like, the play style just fits so seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top, Go ahead, Alex. top teams that are top 10 defense and top 10 offense. Um, they are definitely top six in their, in their conference. Um, so as far as having to worry about playing, I, I think if, if we achieve that, we're, we're good. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's, I don't know the last time we've ever had a, a 30-year-old rookie in the NBA, but that's what we're dealing with this year. It's 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 going to be interesting because his age doesn't really like match up with like what our timeline is, but I'm still excited to like see what he can do and I mean I've watched a little bit of his highlights. The it does have a little bit of like a little bit of Doncic. I don't know if I'm thinking that because he's in in the Euro league, but like, it does feel like the way he shoots his, his shot is like very pure. He has the playmaking ability. So just incorporating that into this team with Giddy and Shea already there in those roles off the bench probably can't, can't hurt. So, so yeah, I I'm excited to just see what, what the possibilities are. If it doesn't work, he's probably still a good trading piece for a championship contender right now. Um, but at least we have the chance to like test it out. Who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him. I'm I'm excited to, you know, kind of let him run with the backup unit a little bit. I'm excited to see him play alongside guys like Shay and Giddy, and you know, get some clean looks off of that because you know, like I said, he's a sniper. And I'm excited to see him play with Chet because he is also um, in a lot of his minutes. Um, I don't know. I think it's the Turkish league that he's teammates with him, but Thunder Legend Tibor Plice is his teammate, and they've got a nice little two-man game going, and Tibor Plice is also, you know, uh, a plus seven-footer just like Chet, and, that you know, they seem to they seem to play off each other very well, so I'm excited to see him with Chet. Um, let's see here. So before we close out, we do have a question. Um, I guess – Tierney, did you post this question? Did you post for questions? Yeah, just threw it out there. All right, gotcha. Well, uh, at the Doug Beck, we love Doug Beck. He's awesome. Uh, had three questions here. We can answer them quickly. How glad are each of you not to live in Utah? I'm pretty glad. Very glad. I would say pretty glad. One thing I will say is New York City is incredibly expensive, so maybe my bank account isn't super happy because I, I don't know what the prices are like out there in Utah. They're, is it expensive? Yes, it's getting more expensive. I have a friend that moved out there, and like all the people from California are moving to Utah, and so they're just raising oh, all the Lord. prices. Yeah, okay. it's not good. Well, yeah, maybe I. <laughs> I yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm more happy now. I was already yeah. happy, but I'm more happy now. There we go. 
as a as a minority, I'm I'm good. <laughs> All right. Um, next thing he says is, "How awful would it be to be a jazz fan?" I I, I think jazz fans are okay. This feels like, super biased, like I, I, anti Utah. Like, I, I, I will say really core. the overrated chance were unnecessary for Chet. That yeah, wasn't like, very. That wasn't he, very nice. He he had a really really good game. Like I don't understand if you're gonna chant overrated chance. Chant it when a guy like puts up like eight points, like three boards. Like if he was awful tonight, you know, it's like, okay, I guess. But I don't know. They were they were going at Chet too. Like there was that what was the guy's name? The big on their team? I don't remember his name. Vernon the guy Curry. that Carry. No, no, the other guy, the guy no, that hit the two Curry. small on Chet when they were down twenty. Who was oh, that? Mitch Potter. Mitch Potter? Michael yeah, Potter. Harry. Harry Potter. Harry Potter, Michael Harry Potter, Potter, whatever. Harry Potter. Harry, po- Harry Potter hit the two small on chat uh, after like a shot. And he also dunked once like kind of next to Chet and Utah's commentary team thought that they, it was like the dunk of the mm-hmm. year over Chet for some reason, which I don't quite understand. Uh, Chet's going to be one of those guys that, that I think he already has a bunch of haters. I've, I've put this theory yes. out there before. I think people are not going to like us when we're a championship contending team. No. I think people are really not going to like mm-hmm. the Thunder. Like I think yeah, some people are already not. starting to turn on the Thunder a little bit, but if Chet's as good as like I think he's going to be, and you know we're competing for titles because a lot of people already don't like Chet for some reason because he's skinny and they want to see him fail for some reason. Yeah, uh, people are not going to like the Thunder, which is going to be it's going to be interesting because I feel like people kind of rooted for OKC a little bit in the other era, mainly because we went up against like the Golden State Warriors, who people didn't like that much, and the Miami heat when they were like the villains of the league and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens with this new era. We might be the villains. Utah was the team with the, the West, the infamous Westbrook debacle, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Interesting. It's almost like a patterns arising. Just wait till, uh, just wait till asshole Chet actually comes out. I think I people know, are what, really what that look like? Huh? What would that look like? You, you, so whenever he and whenever he blocked um, Keontae George, I think it was the first time, and Trey hit the three and they went to a timeout. Like you saw him talking a little bit of trash. It, it was a it was a very quick clip, um, but and mm. so I think that is that is the uh, the Chet Holmgren that that the rest of the NBA is going to learn to hate real quick. I love it. Uh, yeah. Also, shout out to the Jazz who. Whenever Chet first did his first two-hand block of the night, their just immediate reaction was a Walker Kessler white block out of Chet Holmgren. Oh my god, man! <laughs> you I better come correct when you talk about Chet, my guy. Yeah, Walker just Kessler blocks are Chet Holmgren like. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, Very absolutely. Also, I do want to give a shout to Keontae George. He was really good tonight. Yes, I really he liked, was good. Yeah, yeah. I really like what Keontae brings to the table. I thought he was. You know, the speed was there, the, some of the shots that he knocked down. I think he's going to be really fun. I like that pick a lot for the Jazz. They were one of my biggest winners of the draft. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed we didn't get to see them play with, like, Bryce Sensabaugh and Taylor Hendricks tonight because I think yeah. Yeah. them having those guys would have been really fun to watch, like, Chet go up against them and stuff like that. But, you know, we'll, we'll still get to see them in the Summer League overall. I was just hopeful that we would get to see us play against, like, all those guys across the roster because they've got some really fun scores. And I think it would have been fun to see, you know, how Bryce Sensabaugh like attacked Chet downhill, like how that looked. Taylor Hendricks being another bigger body that they could throw at Chet too. I don't know. I just would have liked to see that. So, why didn't Hopefully Hendricks see play? What, what was the reason? They were hurt. Hammy. Yeah, um, he had a hamstring strain. I, I didn't check up on that. I was yeah. I saw the lineup. I was like, why is he not in? Yeah, Keontae George's body transformation is insane. Like, I don't know if oh, you, yeah. you all saw this, but like, you know, they were talking about Chet gaining 13 pounds in the offseason. Like, lost a lot. Yeah, Keontae George has lost almost 10 pounds. So like, skinny. But it's like, it's just lean muscle. Like, mm. he, he talked about in the No Stanley's interview that he bulked up so he could play in the Big 12 because he knew it was like super physical or whatever. Or whatever. And in the like pre draft process, he was like, he just wanted to cut it all out and like just be like lean muscle, and it's really helped his explosiveness and its speed. He had some really good passes tonight. He was active in the passing lanes, his, like yeah, his defense was awesome. I yeah, yeah, and you know, knocking down shots, getting to the lane, like not being scared. You know, going at Chet. Like I loved Keontae in the draft process, and I loved him tonight. So 
Shout out Keontae. Uh, last question from Doug Beck. How championship are we? And Hats, just, baby. Hats. Yeah, I just got to say yes. We realistically, realistically, like. No, re- no realistic. Okay, sorry. Never mind. Be biased. Get, get super championship. Cool. Thank you. That's what we needed. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm sorry I even brought it up. I will say this: the, ne- the next game is pro- the, pod. the next game is probably the championship. Us versus mm-hmm. Memphis. Yeah, yep. yeah. We need it. We need Chet Holmgren to dunk on Kenneth Lofton Jr. This is this is my Super Bowl. This is what really determines how I'm, for the rest of the summer. If Chet has a great game against Kenneth Lofton Jr., I will my be happy. Great. Just my the Chet legacy be, game. If Chet struggles, or if I see. Kenneth often like body him a couple of times. I'm going to be in complete shambles. <laughs> this will determine my mental health for the rest. Yeah, my my, my three entire months. emotional state is dependent on Chet Holmgren. I, I, it's dependent on Kenneth Lofton Jr. versus Chet Holmgren on July 6th. That's or July 5th. That Come sounds on, that sounds realistic. It's very emotionally sound. It's not the first time a July a, like an early July date has ruined my mental health. Oh God. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yep. keep bringing up you keep bringing up all the worst things in this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, we championship. Yeah, absolutely. That that's a good way to go out on the pod, uh, guys. We play not tomorrow. Tomorrow's Fourth of July. I guess this is when a lot of you guys will be listening to this. Uh, the next America. day, the fifth, we play against the Memphis Grizzlies, and then Thursday we play against the Philadelphia 76ers, in which we will. That's when we'll be back. We will be recording a podcast talking about the Grizzlies and the Sixers game. Hopefully, talking about Chet's dominant performance against Kenneth Lofton Jr. And uh, yeah, so until then, on behalf of myself, Alex Cohn, Tyranny, hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, Thunder Up. Thunder Up. We championship, baby. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.